This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. Hi, my name is Sophie Kabunkel, and you're listening to That's Food. That's Food is a podcast from CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Handmade with love by University of Alberta students and community members, telling the backstory to food in Edmonton, one meal at a time. Today we'll be talking about desserts. I don't know about you guys, but even the thought of a nice, freshly baked, gooey chocolate chip cookie with a slight chew and a molten center makes my day a million times better, no matter how awful it is. Mm, Even the idea of the cookie melting my tongue? Anyways, sometimes it can be hard to find time or motivation to enjoy a nice dessert, especially if it seems like an exhausting and time-consuming task to actually go about making. After all, who would want to labor over something you can order, buy already made, or, if you're health conscious, something you can make easier. Sometimes all you want to do is enjoy a cheesecake without the hassle of a water bath or hour-long bake times. In light of this problem with efficiency in the kitchen, many have found ways to cut down time, especially in dessert making, which is usually quite laborious when considering technique and baking time. However, some of these recipes do come with their ups and downs. More specifically, we're going to be exploring the world of decision-making in the kitchen in terms of efficiency and ease versus taste. Is it really worth it to sacrifice flavor and texture for some fewer steps? Although there's many shortcuts from one-pot meals to 30-minute meals and classic frozen TV dinners, we'll be focusing on current trends right now surrounding no-bake desserts that have been circulating the internet. Let's see if it's worth it to take shortcuts and whether the results taste the same as or hold a flame to the traditional dish. We'll be putting no-bake desserts to the test by comparing it to its baked counterpart. Both versions will be made by yours truly to make sure it's all fair play. Later, we'll be chatting with Cindy, or known as the Instagram powerhouse of a home cook and mom at Mom of Three Egg, regarding her experience about efficiency in the kitchen, how she chooses what to cook and feed others, and her stance on this whole debate regarding baked versus non-baked goods. First, let's dive into the battle of tastes in a taste test. So today I prepared three different desserts, hopefully covering some good ground in terms of texture and taste. We've got peanut butter double chocolate cookies, fudgy brownies, and a classic blueberry cheesecake. To keep things controlled, my taste testers, which are my friends Leave and Angela, will be blindfolded and fed at random to see who wins in this battle of desserts. Okay, so first up, we got the battle of the cookies. The first one being fed is a baked double chocolate oatmeal peanut butter cookie loaded with chocolate chips and shredded coconut. The dough was largely similar to a chocolate chip oatmeal cookie dough with the addition of some peanut butter, cocoa powder, and coconut. These were baked in a 350 degree oven and set to cool for a day. Let's hear what my friends have to say about these. Damn, it's good. 
I don't like peanut butter cookies that much, but as a cookie, I respect it. Um, I can definitely taste the coconut and a lot of chocolate, which is my favorite part. And the creaminess of the peanut butter really comes through. I also really like how soft it is on the inside and how crispy it is on the outside. So on a scale of out of 10, I would rate it a 7 probably. Mm, okay. Uh, the taste is what you expect a good classic chocolate peanut butter cookie, cookie to be. Uh, consistency is very close to a hybrid of a peanut butter cookie and an oatmeal cookie, but more on the peanut buttery side. Uh, the dough is pretty soft inside and the edge is a bit crisp. And the chocolate is pretty nicely melted, so I kind of, I really like this one. Next up, we've got the non-baked double chocolate oatmeal peanut butter cookie. It's basically the same ingredients as the last one, except there's no eggs or flour. Uh, this one relies heavily more on the peanut butter, butter, sugar, and um, there's a heavy emphasis on the rolled oats uh, to bind everything together. Then, instead of baking it in a 350-degree oven, they were set to harden and cool on the counter. This is their taste test after a day of hardening. Uh, I don't really like this one. It's like just pure chocolate and oats with like a strong fake flavor of peanut butter. And I don't know if it should have been mixed together or what, but maybe some sugar would have helped or less oats. It's just super oaty and I think the chocolate set a bit too hard. Out of 10, I'd probably give this a 4 maybe. Like it's not awful, but it just leaves such an oaty taste. Okay, uh, this one's pretty different from the other one. It's a bit harder and there's less variety between the textures. Like the last one had more of a crispy outside and a softer inside, but this one's kind of like one texture, which has some peanut butter softness and hardness of chocolate, I think. Uh, the flavor is okay. I think the coconut is more noticeable and the peanut butter too. It almost feels as if the ingredients didn't really mix well together. Um, more of just separate things that you're eating kind of in one mix. But yeah, I think I'd rate this like a 5, maybe a 5.5. I guess I should have picked a different cookie flavor since I don't think any of them really like peanut butter cookies, but it looks like we do have a clear winner of the baked double chocolate peanut butter oatmeal cookie instead of the non-baked one, of course. Now, let's see what they think of the brownies. First up is our no-baked brownies made of dates, maple syrup, nuts, vanilla, and of course, cocoa powder. All the ingredients were mixed together in a food processor and left to set in the fridge overnight. They're okay. Like, the texture is the biggest thing that I don't think I like. It's fudgy, but not fudgy in the way that I thought it would be. And it's also like super dense and weirdly sweet in a way that I don't think I've ever tasted. So, like I said, not bad, just very different. But the chocolate flavor is really good, though. And to be honest, I don't really like nuts. And considering how many nuts there are and how it takes up majority of the brownie, I'm not a big fan. But the flavor itself, ignoring the nuts, it's pretty solid. So I give this a 6, maybe a 7 out of 10. Um, The texture is really weird. Like, it's not like a regular brownie. I know this isn't the brownie that you usually make. I can tell. Um, I don't even know what the sticky taste is either. <laughs> and it's super nutty. I think you added way too many nuts. Uh, the texture clearly is trying to like mirror a brownie consistency, I think. And I don't like it very much. 
uh, especially compared to a normal brownie. Um, yeah, just a really weird texture. I can't get over it. Uh, the flavor also is a little bit weird. Like whatever you use was just, just not the best alternative, I think. Um, yeah, it's not horrible. Like I think I'm just used to a regular bounty. Um, I'd give this like a 5 out of 10. I guess that wasn't the biggest hit with them. Well, at least now we're going on to the baked brownies. These are made with cocoa powder, flour, sugar, eggs, and oil, which is standard for a brownie, and then baked in a 350 degree oven. Now this, this is a classic brownie. I don't think anything can ever beat just a brownie. I don't need alternatives or whatever other healthy options they make. This is the one. This is exactly what I want to eat when I look for a brownie. Texture-wise, it's dense and chewy, but not too chewy like the last one. And you can definitely notice a difference in the type of sweetness between the two because this one is like actual sweet, sweet, and it's super good. So I would give it a 9 out of 10 probably. Okay, these are definitely the classic brownies I like and what I think of when I want a brownie. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't get over the past the last brownie. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, anyways, this one. It's fudgy, sweet, and super chocolatey. The center is so gooey, and the outside is a bit firm and chewy, so it's, like, perfect. Um, yeah, sweet, but not weird sweet. It's basically exactly what I expect a brownie to be, and honestly, compared to the other one, the biggest difference, I think, is the texture. This isn't, like, a dense, sticky bite, but more of, like, a fudgy, short chew, if that makes any sense. But yeah, very good. 9 out of 10. I guess they really like brownies and know which brownies are mine, so I might have been better off if I picked a different thing to bake, but it looks like there was a clear winner and maybe some bias, but there's some key differences between the non-baked and the baked, and it looks like the baked was the winner once again. Let's move on to our last good, which is a classic blueberry cheesecake. Up first is a no-baked cheesecake. This recipe basically cuts most, if not all, room for error when making a cheesecake, such as the tedious instructions for a water bath, not overbeating the eggs, and cuts the risk of over or under baking. With this cheesecake, the key ingredient used is heavy whipping cream that is whipped to very stiff peaks to hold the shape together. There's no eggs, which is a main difference between this and its baked version. I topped it off with a luscious blueberry topping that I use for both this no-bake version and the baked one. Now let's see what they have to say about this cheesecake. This one is really fluffy, like the mousse or whatever, with a good standard crust and the topping is nice and it's sweet. A bit tart which complements and balances well with the cream cheese. I don't know how I feel about the filling on the one hand. I think the lightness of it is super nice because it's not so heavy. Like sometimes I eat che cheesecake and I'm so stuffed after that I could hibernate, but also that's a characteristic of cheesecake, so it's a bit weird, but I think it's a nice change. The cream cheese flavor, I think, is lighter than what I usually expect, which I like, so I'd give this an 8 out of 10. Oh, the filling is definitely lighter. It has, like, the same texture as the mousses you make, like those chocolate mousses, but maybe a bit firmer, like, just a bit. Um, yeah, it kind of, like, kind of tastes like a cheesecake, like a watered-down cheesecake, um, or at least it's like less intense, but you can definitely taste the cream cheese tartness of it. The crust is super good, just like a good cheesecake crust, 
crust and the topping is a solid blueberry topping honestly really good i like the lightness of it all and it's kind of a refreshing dessert it's not too heavy and honestly sometimes i find cheesecakes way too dense or creamy so this one's like a pretty good alternative yeah i'll give it like a 8.5 out of 10 maybe a 9. it looks like the no-bake cheesecake was a hit Let's see what they say about the baked one, which has eggs and no whipping cream and a bit more cream cheese, and then baked in a water bath in a 350 degree oven. The cheesecake is so dense and not eerie like the other one, which is a bit more mousse-like. It's honestly super filling. Now that I tasted both, I think I prefer the first one because it wasn't as dense and like tastes basically the same, except maybe not having that strong of a cream cheese flavor like this one. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's cheesecake. The topping and crust were good, and I think the same as the other cheesecake. So out of 10, I'd give this like a 6.5. Okay, this is like a classic cheesecake, like super creamy and rich. You can really taste the cream cheese. But honestly, apart from the texture and stronger, I guess, sense of cream cheese, it's really similar to the last one, like crust and topping wise. It's definitely way heavier on the stomach, but I guess that's like, a characteristic of cheesecake anyways yeah pretty solid just way more dense um personally i'd give this a 7 out of 10. in a surprising twist of events i guess they like the no bake cheesecake more but their explanations for why seems pretty tailored to their taste which brings us to a good point on how subjective taste is and how it's really up to your preference in all three desserts there's usually a noticeable difference between the two versions of a no bake and a baked good but the difference may be a good or bad thing depending on what you like. In the context of my friends and their opinions, it doesn't seem like one can replace the other due to the big differences in texture and sometimes taste, but some do work better. If you're a very texture-based person though, I would be very wary of which option I choose, but in terms of concluding whether the non-baked shortcut is worth it, I guess the real question is asking how much you will tolerate deviating from the original product, because if you're open to trying new things, I genuinely think that the no-bake is worth a try. From baking these six different batches, I can definitely say that the no-bake requires much less effort, stress, and precision, but it still requires following a recipe and wait times and washing dishes and getting the ingredients, you know, the standard procedures for baking. But the steps were much easier to follow and didn't really need too much technique, so maybe it's not even a matter of time or efficiency. Maybe the deciding factor is the difficulty of the recipe, and if you're looking for an easier version before tackling the harder one, I think a no-bake recipe is a great place to start. At the end of the day, however you enjoy your dessert is the right way for you. There's no wrong way to indulge in desserts. Dessert preferences are individualistic, and honestly, as long as dessert is involved, no matter how it's prepared, it's a great day. Now, before I chat with Cindy, it's time for a snack fact. Did you know that shaking ketchup changes it on a molecular level? If you're sick of thick, goopy ketchup that barely makes it out of the bottle, there's a simple solution. Shake it. Shaking ketchup turns round tomato particles into thinner ellipses shape, making it a thousand times runnier and the perfect consistency for squirting onto fries, burgers, and all your favorite meals. And that's your snack fact. Now back to the battle of efficiency versus taste.
Today, we're talking with Cindy, or at Mama 3 Egg, about her choices in the kitchen and how she really feels about these time-saving hacks, especially as a mom whose schedule must be as jam-packed as many others. Um, I started my page uh, just around when the pandemic had started, and um, I had really wanted to uh, you know, start making and being creative uh, with my food at home, uh, mostly because the restaurants were um, closed and uh, with it being closed, um, you know, I get food cravings. So when I get food cravings, I want to kind of make what I miss eating when I'm eating out. So that's pretty much how it started. Uh, in terms of cooking, um, I've cooked pretty much, uh, actually I guess since I got married, but um, in terms of baking, I've been baking. I can't even remember when I started baking, but I love to bake. I just love the smell of fresh baked goods um, coming from my oven. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you had all that time, but also a lot of limited options. But I know a lot of those restaurant shutdowns really affected tons of people and my family included. So speaking of, your page centers around both roles of being a mom and a home cook. What's been the greatest challenges and rewards combining both these roles have given you? Um, being a mom is, uh, uh, such a blessing. Like I have three young kids and they're so good to me, thankfully. And, um, they, they get food cravings too. So they're like, mom, I want some bubble tea. And, you know, bubble tea is about like six to $8 for one cup now. So, um, when I'm able to make it at home, I'll be able to make it within 20 minutes, which is, uh, not too bad, I think. Um, but definitely being a mom is very busy and, uh, but I don't cook every day though. I, I have to say that because my husband helps with cooking too. So I'll give him credit for that. <laughs> and I agree the prices of food recently is insane. I think most of my paycheck just goes to eating out with friends. Definitely. And if you can always like find an alternative way to, I guess, have that at home, it not only saves you on like, I guess, money, it's also a nice experience to have and share with people. I mean, when you go out to eat, it's easily, you know, it's expensive to go out to eat. And sometimes when I, when I go out um, with my family, I'm like, wow, I can actually use that amount. And I could have spent that money on groceries for the entire week. <laughs> But then I just spent it all on one meal. I mean, it was fantastic because it's also great to go out to eat, um, to enjoy other uh, different things and just to have a night off. And um, I, mean, I still like going out to eat, though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think going out to eat is really one of those staple activities that you can fall back on. But it is a really big weight. And so being uh, able to cook at home and have that option, definitely a big advantage. Yeah. So diving, I guess, deeper into this reflection on decision-making, when deciding what to eat, then whether to eat out or eat in, then cook, cooking or ordering, there are several factors we consider, the main being time versus taste, and like you mentioned, cravings too. Which aspects do you think trumps the other? What about benefits such as nutrition? Do you take this into consideration? I would have to say that for sure going up to eat, um, I do actually find the sodium content quite high compared to what I make at home. Really, usually by the end of the meal, I'm quite thirsty. And um, yeah, it's just pretty salty for me. So, um, you know, I do like a balance of, you know, having the vegetable, like the, like the vegetables and the protein. I would have to say that we eat out more so on weekends or order takeout. Um, we don't really dine in anymore um, as much. But uh, on weekends, we're just pressed for time because we have lessons and things like that. And I just want to take a break, to be honest, from, from cooking. Um, it's also a nice treat to go out 
although some weekends are devoted to like making longer uh, meals too. There are some meals like, like, you know, making a noodle soup that requires hours of simmering and that I would not have time for on a weekday. So that I would do on a weekend. So I guess it really depends on how busy we are on the weekend. Um, in terms of uh, uh, nutrition, um, I definitely do prefer cooking myself because I know exactly what goes in it. Um, and I find that going out to eat, uh, the sodium content is quite high. And, uh, you know, I, I'm usually drinking lots of water by the end of the night. So yeah, when I'm pressed for time, I go out to eat. Yeah, those are really good points. I definitely agree on that. I think time is a huge, huge decision-making factor because there are way more things to do. And sometimes eating and like food, you know, you have to do it, but if you can find an easier way to do it, obviously, sometimes that's the easy way out. So this episode, we tackle efficiency in the kitchen generally. That's the broad topic that we're talking about. And we address this topic of baked versus non-baked goods. Do you have a stance on this debate? And do you think that one is truly superior in terms of taste or texture, efficiency, health benefits? And overall, do you think one is always going to be dominating the other, especially in terms of food trends? Well, you know, I love to bake, so I am already on team baked goods. <laughs> um, although I do say that uh, non-baked goods, um, they're good for people who maybe have like an egg allergy. So like, for instance, in cheesecakes, uh, you can have a non-baked cheesecake. Uh, it tends to be like smoother. You whip it kind of with like whipped cream sometimes, or you set it with some gelatin. But the drawback to that is um, you're not able to put um, toppings as much because it just kind of sinks in there or even like a hot fudge kind of uh, drizzle on top. It would just also melt that um, cold cheesecake base. So there are pros and cons. I think that, um, you know, having the egg allergy is is uh, most impactful. Um, but I do love uh, baked goods. The smell from my oven, it just, it's like so amazing. And like when my kids come home, they're just like, oh, I knew, it. you know, they know that I baked something. Time saving. And of course, like you said, the egg thing, um, a lot of people, I think, are leaning off on the whole egg situation. I don't know. There's been quite some trends where it's a lot of, oh, the egg, the, just the texture of the egg and like just the taste. So I can see why some people would, I guess, lean towards the non-baked side of things. But I definitely agree with you on the whole baked aspect. As someone who likes to bake myself, I don't think I could ever replace a good cheesecake that you make with a, this one that you just pop in the fridge. <laughs> with, right. With some I, cream. I know. Yeah. I've also not... made like a couple of non baked items before, just to try, right? Mm. And uh, I definitely prefer baking, 100%. Yeah. I, there's something about taking a bite of a cheesecake that you expect to have a way different texture and just taste in general. And when you bite into it and realize this is not <laughs> a proper cheesecake that I expected from the oven. It's very right. like a whipped cream. It's kind of a little bit disappointing, I would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's something to think about, especially when pressed for time, like moms like yourself or students, when, you know, they just want something quick, they might whip up something like that. But in terms of taste, texture, all of that, I definitely think there's something that baking, you know, baking a real good, like brings to you. 
yes, the pastries are so delicious. And, you know, with the lamination of like dough and everything, and you get that nice crispiness mm-hmm. and it comes from, you know, being baked in the oven because the, the, the butter melts and it creates those little pockets of air. And that's how you get that nice crispiness. And I, and I love that texture when I, when I bite into one, I expect it. So um, yeah, I'm definitely on the baked team. <laughs> so on this topic of food trends, I guess I just want to hear your opinion on this changing trajectory of it. And I guess keeping up with them and trying them out. Of course, being as a mom and also an Instagram food blogger, you kind of see these trends all around you. Um, does it impact your home cooking style at all? Like, do you see some things on the internet and side oh I gotta try that out or maybe a cool gadget so uh we were talking about the instant or sorry the um air fryer and uh the I tried the air fryer ramen eggs so I'm not sure if you saw that trend where you just put the egg in the air fryer seven minutes and then you take it out and, and the center is supposed to be this really nice jammy yolk that you use for ramen eggs and um the yolk turned out perfect. I'm not going to lie about that. That was actually surprising, but the eggs were super hard to peel and my eggs were so ugly. (laughs) The egg whites were totally stuck on the shell and the egg white too had like a weird texture. So yes, there are trends. Um, Sometimes you just have to do it like the regular way of, you know, boiling your eggs. And that's probably a better option for that instance anyway. If you could give one piece of advice to people starting in the kitchen and leaning towards more of the home cooking or baking, what would it be? Uh, For cooking, I would say um, practice, practice, practice. Cooking is quite daunting when you're first doing it, but the more you do it, the better you'll get. Uh, In terms of baking, um, I would say um, it's best to learn your oven, actually. When I bake, I know exactly how long that item should go in for based on my oven. So I already know that, you know, making my muffins, it take me 18 minutes. Best to learn the oven too. Yeah, that's great. Those are good things to keep in mind. I don't think like thought about that, like just learning your machinery in general and like operating it. Cause I guess everyone does have different applied like ovens and everything. And yeah, that was a really good piece of advice. Um, I would not have thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for joining me today in the conversation about, I guess, decision making efficiency and just the food world in general. Thank you so much for having me. And I uh, really had so much fun today talking to you. It's really crazy to think about how much thought goes into deciding what food to make, whether to even make it or not, and how to make a dish. Thank you for joining me in investigating the pros and cons of kitchen efficiency and really finding out what's better. No bake or baked goods. Personally, baked goods will always have a special hold on me and I believe it's largely due to the process and the effort that makes the taste just a little sweeter knowing how much work was put into it. It's almost as if time is an ingredient and maybe that's up for interpretation. Nothing for me really beats a good freshly baked warm out of the oven chocolate chip cookie. But as I said, taste and how we enjoy a meal or a dessert is really subjective to the individual. What matters is at the end of the day, you've got good food that satisfies your best cravings. And that's it for this episode of That's Food. Today's episode was produced by me, Sophie Kabunkel. Thanks for Cindy for speaking with us. Our music is by Doug Hoyer. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and on our website, that'sfood.transistor.fm. You can contact us at that's food at cjsr.ca.
gmail.com. We are That's Food CJSR on Facebook and Instagram. That's Food is produced at CJSR in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. But is it food? That's food!